Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. First, before we dive in, I want to let you know that Wealth Accelerator, our 12-week transformational program, is now enrolling and we have had a huge influx of people applying, which is so amazing and incredible and I'm so excited about that. Um, So a couple things. So one, our next round starts November 1st. If you do want to have a shot at applying and being able to jump into this round, go apply. I'll put the link in the show notes. Again, it's a 12-week transformational program um, aimed at truly transforming your finances, whether that be paying off debt, learning about investing, raising your credit score, learning how to save, and all of the amazing healing your relationship with money things. So go apply. Um, We've been just working so hard to continue to open up enough call times to get everybody who has applied an application call with us, um, with me and my team. So please, 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 um, if you're wanting in, go do that now because we are going to sell out way faster um, than we originally thought we would. So go check that out. That's your first Um, my first update before we dive in. The second thing I want to say is, holy cow. I said this over on Instagram this week, but last week's episode where, um, you know, I talked about my breakup was so hard to record and I, I put off for so long because I didn't want to do it. And when I finally did, it was, it was tough to sit down and finally do it, but it felt, felt like a relief, but I was still nervous to see the response that I was going to get. And I felt, I I can't even describe it. Like the amount of overwhelming, just love and support. And honestly, I'm, I'm a little speechless about it, which is shocking because I am never speechless about anything, but it just, I I can't even put into words how much it meant to me. And so if you reach out to me, thank you. Um, Whether that be over DM or text or whatever, it, it honestly meant more than I can, I can explain. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this community and, you know, being involved in, in my life. I'm just, I'm so grateful for you. And as promised, I said this last week, But as promised, we are back to money content this week, and we are going to be talking about backup plans. We're going to be talking about backup plans. So 
let me give you some, uh, I'm going to give you a little story time and then we're going to dive into it. But I think one of the best lessons that my parents ever taught me with money, and honestly, you could relate this to a lot of things outside of money, but I think one of the best things I learned, um, and I learned at a young age, is that I had to be my own backup plan. So let me give you a little story time. So, um, when I was, so when my sister was 16, so she's four years older than me. So when I was 12, my sister got a truck for her 16th birthday. Um, and you might be thinking, wow, you guys must come from money. That's so bougie of you that, you know, she got a car on her 16th birthday. Um, but and, and while I'm, I'm by no means overlooking the, the massive privilege um, that I had growing up um, and, 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 and that, um, let me describe this truck to you. So I actually like, don't even, I, I should have like looked this up. I should like insert a picture um, because I really don't know that much about trucks, but it was very, 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 very old. Um, it was like 20, 30 years old and it was pretty much falling apart. It was a Chevy something. I don't know what year it was. Um, but let me again, describe it to you. It was like an old, old, old farm truck that my, my parents ended up getting for a really, really, really low price. Um, I should have asked them how much they spent on it, but I'm thinking like maybe a couple thousand dollars, like maybe, 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 um, because it was basically falling apart. And there was no air conditioning. There was no heat. The windows got stuck when you rolled them down. There was no radio. Um, The check engine light came on like every other week. Um, It got eight miles a gallon in gas. And it was just, you know, it was just an old truck. Now, my sister got it and you would have thought my parents gave her a like the nicest car on the planet, like a G wagon or Range Rover or something. She was so excited. And of course I was so excited, um, because that meant in my eyes, when she went to college, I would get the truck. So, um, which is also funny, a little side note that people think is hilarious. Now my sister is one of my best friends, um, in the whole wide world, but in high school, we did not talk. Um, growing up, like when we were younger, younger, we like would play together and everything. But from probably when I was in sixth grade until my freshman year of college, we, we did not talk. We were not friends. Like when I was in high school, um, and she was in college, I didn't even wish her happy birthday. Like we did not talk, um, which people now can't really believe that because all of college we went to the same college. Um, we were only there together one year, but then she lived in the same, um, she lived like around the college town. Um, and so I would, she would still be like around a lot and yeah. So fun fact about us, but anyway, so I wasn't that excited when she got it then in the way of like, yay, now we'll ride together because I knew she wouldn't drive me. Um, occasionally my parents would force her to drive me to school, but other than that, I would either go with friends or ride the bus. So anyway, Chelsea gets this, this, um, this truck in high school. She's 16. And again, I'm not very involved with her like 
paying for her own gas or doing all that stuff. I know she did, but she worked at Jimmy John's. She had a couple other jobs. But um, I knew she did, but I didn't really pay attention to it because, again, we weren't really friends. Fast forward to a couple years later. Um, so I was 12 at the time. So then when she graduated high school, I would have been um, a sophomore in high school. So I probably would have been 15 years old because I'm, I'm young for my grade. In Iowa, you can actually get a learner's permit, which means you can drive to school by yourself at 14, which honestly, looking back is so insane. But I did drive either my parents' car or Chelsea's car if she wasn't using it every blue moon when I was 14. But then when I was 15, Chelsea went to college. When she went to college, because the truck was like always breaking down, it got eight miles a gallon and Chelsea went to college, you know, two and a half hours away from our hometown, she was like not going to take the truck. So she went to college without a car and it was my time to shine. It was my time in the sunlight. So I get, you know, handed the truck. I, I just, I can remember being so excited for her to go to college because I would get the truck. Like that's how we weren't friends. I was so excited for her to go to college because I would get the truck. That's like so sad. Looking back, it's so sad. Um, so she went to college. I got the truck. And so I'm 15 years old. And at the time, I was actually working quite a bit. Um, I started when I was 14 in the summers. I didn't work full time, but pretty close. I was babysitting. I was teaching private swimming lessons. I was working at the fairgrounds. I was doing like all kinds of odd jobs. And, um, so I was making pretty good money for a 14 year old and a 15 year old. And when I got the truck, my parents sat me down and they said, okay, you know, the truck is now being passed down to you. It's a big responsibility. You know, we had the whole, like, I had to go through driver's ed. I had to do all this, like, um, driving with my parents to make sure they, like, were okay with me driving. Um, but, but once I got it, they had this talk with me that was basically, like, the truck is yours. And if you want the responsibility and the privilege of driving it, you are responsible for paying for it. You're responsible for paying for gas. Remember, the truck gets eight miles a gallon, so very expensive um for a 15 year old to be filling that up um if the truck breaks down you know you're responsible for fixing it like all these things and I'm like yeah 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 blah 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 I have a truck bitches like I was so excited and I said this earlier but I was the youngest one in my grade and so a lot of my other friends either could already drive or um, had a car or maybe they didn't have a car, but they would like use their parents' car and stuff. So this was like pure freedom for me. And so I get the truck and I'm, you know, I'm driving to school and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, like after like four days, the gas tank is empty. And I'm like, what the heck? So I'm like, okay, I go to like pay for gas for the, the first time ever myself. And I'm like, wait, it's $30 it's $30 to fill my truck up. You're kidding me. You're joking me. To me, that was so expensive. I couldn't even like believe that. I'm like, all I'm doing is driving to school. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to like take my babysitting money and be able to pay for this. So I'd pay, fill up the truck. And then, you know, I'd drive, I'd drive a week would go by. I'd have to fill the gas tank up again. And I'm literally just driving to school and like to 
um, practice for sports and stuff. Um, cause you could also do that in a school permit. And I was just so blown away by the fact that it was like so expensive, but I love this like taste of freedom that I got. And so of course I was like, it's okay. I'll just work harder. I'll just like make more money. So I'd babysit more often. I'd make more money. I'd have more money, whatever. And then one blessed day, the check engine light comes on, but like not in the way it normally did. Like other stuff was going on. Like the check engine light came on. Another thing came on. The brakes were feeling like they weren't working. And I was like, okay, something like it is like broken. Like something is broken. So I call my dad and he's like, okay, drop it off at the mechanic. I also grew up in a super small town. So like my dad's like, yeah, drop it off to Greg, you know, and I like know who he is and like whatever. So I drop the truck off and it is at, it's like, I don't know, maybe a mile and a half away from my parents. So I drop the, the truck off and I'm like, I walk, I've never, this is my first time doing this, you know, so I go inside. I'm like, hi, you know, my truck, there's something wrong with it. He's like, okay, sounds good. I'll call you, you know, when it's done, see ya. And I'm like, you don't just like fix it now. This isn't just like a 10 minute thing. You're just going to like immediately fix it the second I come in here. Okay. Um, so I'm like, what do I do? So I call my mom and my dad. I'm like, Hey, can you pick me up? And they're like, no, or I don't know if they were at work or something. So I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? My dad's like, well, walk home. I'm like, what is going on? Okay. So I walk home and you know, whatever. I don't know if it was later that day or the next day, but I get a call from the mechanic and he's like, all right, I figured out what was wrong with it. It's going to be, you know, $290 to fix it. And I was so shocked. I was so shocked. I I could not believe it. I could not believe it. $290 to me felt like a million dollars, even though I made good money again, babysitting or whatever. Um, you know, I'd make $40 here and there quite you know, a couple times a week, I never saved anything. I would literally make $40, spend $40. I would make $30, spend $30. So to me, I never had any accumulated savings. So even though I probably made, I have honestly, I don't know, maybe a hundred to a couple hundred dollars a week since I spent it all, it didn't feel like I was making that. So he tells me it's $290 or something around there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. It's so expensive. And since I had a couple jobs, I really never asked my parents for money. I really never asked my parents for money. But in my head, I was like, oh, well, they'll for sure pay for this. So I call my dad back and I'm like, hey, um, so Greg said it's $290. And my dad's like, oh, okay, how are you going to pay for that? And I was like, ha, oh, seriously, no, like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's your truck. It's your responsibility. How are you going to pay for that? Like, have you saved up money to be able to take care of your truck? And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I thought this was, like, kind of my truck for the fun parts, but, like, it's really yours. And he's like, no, if you want all the privilege and all of the responsibility of it, you have to take care of it. And, you know, your mom and I told you that when you first got it and blah, blah. And I was like, okay, what? And it was so hard. I remember being so mad at my parents, you know, like little brat. 
Um, I was so mad. I thought it was so unfair. All my friends' parents just bought them a nice car that gets good gas mileage and they pay for their gas and they give them money for when they get good grades and all these things and mine don't. And I was just like, you know, throwing a fit, throwing a teenage fit. And so I was so mad. I, I, I don't, I don't, that's all I can remember is just being so mad and feeling like the world is against me. I probably like shut, slammed my door at home and like turned on Nickelback and, and, or like, um, what are the, what are the songs? Like all time low. I loved all time low. Um, I loved, I don't, I don't really know if I like love Nickelback, but it was probably like popular then. Anyway. Um, so I was mad. So I go up to my room and then I, after throwing a pity party for who knows how long, I go to my, like, I get a notepad or something, and I write $290. And then I write down, okay, I'm supposed to babysit tomorrow. So if I make $40 then, and then I'm supposed to babysit on Friday. So if I make $60 then, and then if I'm supposed to babysit here, and I wrote this down, and I added it up to, like, how long it would take me to make $290. And it was, like, two weeks or something. And so I told my dad, I'm like, well, it's going to take like two weeks. And my dad's like, okay, well, I would find another ride to school. <laughs> my dad's like, I'd find another ride to school in the meantime. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. So I think I, you know, had a friend pick me up. I had a bunch of friends who live like pretty close. So I'd have a friend pick me up or ride the bus, which was super inconvenient. And I was, you know, salty about it. But once I got over it every day for those two weeks, I was like, okay, every single dime I make, I need to set aside so I can pick my truck up. So I babysat a ton. I saved, took me, you know, two or three weeks. I saved the $290 in cash, took an envelope of cash to the mechanic, got dropped off by friend or walked there. I don't know, but dropped it off. And I was like, here's $290, got my truck. And while looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was such a brat. Um, I had no idea how like lucky I was and how grateful I should be for this lesson my parents were teaching me. But this truly was one of my biggest lessons I've learned with money because that taught me that I need to be my own backup plan, that I need to be my own backup plan. And since then, since that moment, it really taught me like the, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but having an emergency fund, because at that time I was like, okay, I need to set aside some money to where if that ever happens again, I don't have to wait a couple of weeks to have my truck back. Right. So I kind of like learned in that moment, okay, I need to have some sort of emergency fund, even though I didn't know that's what it was called or like where to keep it. I think I probably just like put cash in my sock drawer. Seriously. I didn't even have like a debit card at that point. <clears throat> So, um, again, well, I didn't know it. That's really where I learned I need to have an emergency fund. And also at this time I really became, I, I really like took in this idea of financial independence of, okay, I need to be ready to support myself and I need to be ready to, if anything happens, like, I can figure it out. Sure, I might throw a pity party and sure, I might be mad or feel unfair in the moment or whatever, whether it's true or not. But at the end of the day, I need to be able to create financial stability for myself. And so that was such an important lesson. And honestly, 
honestly, since then, I can tell you very transparently that I've never, like, I've never taken, um, I've never borrowed money from my parents or had them, you know, pay for, for something. I've never borrowed money from friends and, um, or, or anyone, right. Um, you know, I've taken out, like after that, I took out student loans and a car loan and things like that from like banks. But I'm saying I never used, but even when I did that, it was in a hundred percent in my own name and all of those things. And so, yeah, that was really a big moment for me. And even today, even today, when I am thinking about when I'm planning for the future, I do not factor in anything except for the, the backup plan financially I'm creating for myself. And this isn't like, I'm not saying this like flex and everybody like, look at me, I'm so self-sufficient. I want to challenge you of what your backup plans are, right? Like what your backup plans are, because here's what I see. And again, this is, I have tons of financial screw-ups that I can talk about. This is just one thing that, um, you know, I'm so glad my parents taught me young. But what I see a lot happen, um, you know, with clients or in my audiences, they'll say like, oh, well, you know, excuse me, I don't know if I like need an emergency fund because I know that my parents would help me or I know my um, significant other would help me or I know, you know, my grandparents would help me or something. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. There is literally nothing wrong with that. However, it involves you counting on factors outside of your control. It involves counting on other people. And a lot of times there are strings attached to that. And, and, and you could have a situation where there's no strings attached to that and that's awesome. But a lot of times there is, right? I've had clients who say, oh, well, mom and dad will help me out. But then mom and dad are constantly saying, oh, well, you shouldn't be spending your money on this. Oh, you shouldn't be spending your money on this because since they've loaned their kid money, then they feel like they are, you know, can give feedback on, on what you can and can, can or cannot do or their partner loans them money, but then their partner is, you know, becomes resentful or, or something like that. And so I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today. And even if you are someone who's like, nope, I am my own backup plan fully, I want to challenge you today. What is your backup plan? What is your backup plan? And this could be just auditing. Like, what do I have in my emergency fund? Again, as a refresher, I recommend one to three months of expenses in an emergency fund in kept in a high yield savings account. If you have high interest debt, if you do not have high interest debt, and, um, you know, there's, there's some other things like it depends on what other low interest debt you have or, um, your investing schedule and things like that. But long-term I recommend having after you've paid off high interest debt, um, and, and depending on what your priorities are right now, having eight months of expenses in a high yield savings account. Okay. And to me that that's a huge backup plan. That's a huge backup plan. Having that alone, but what else, right? What else is, is your backup plan? Um, I should do a whole episode on this, but long-term disability insurance, that's something big. That's uh, having, um, you know, that's a backup plan or, um, you know, just looking at ahead of like, for example, I have, um, I drive a Ford Focus right now and it has like 130,000 miles on it. 
Um, and I have never, ever, ever put any, put any money into it apart from like normal maintenance, like, you know, got new tires and like oil changes and like all the normal things you do to maintain your car. Yes, I've done those things over the years. I've had it for since, uh, I think since 2016. So 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21. So I've had it for five years and, um, I've only done maintenance to it, like normal maintenance. So nothing has ever gone wrong. Knock on wood. Where's not? Oh, wait, girls don't bark. I thought my dogs were going to bark because I just knocked on wood. Um, it's me girls. It's me. My dogs are all cuddled up to me while mom's recording a podcast. Um, but knock on wood, I've never put any other money into it. However, since I am driving a car that is five years old, that has 130,000 miles on it, that has never had any problems, the likelihood that sooner or later my car will start to have problems is higher. So in addition to my eight month of emergency fund, I also have a little car fund because likely once my car starts having problems, instead of you know, I will fix smaller problems, but I'm not going to put thousands of dollars into it to fix it because, um, I will at that point get a new car because having two dogs and now, um, you know, living between two cities because, you know, the lake house and then my Kansas city apartment. And, you know, now I have a niece and all of these different things. I am starting to feel like my Ford Focus is getting smaller and smaller. But anyway, so I am slightly ready for a bigger car, like a crossover or something. But I love my Ford Focus and I really don't want to change it um, or sell it until it runs its its course. Excuse me, I have hiccups. Anyway, that going, um, what I was saying with that is that I've been starting to slowly, because again, I'm, I'm not really in a rush to do this. But setting some money aside for um, either if any maintenance things, like bigger maintenance things comes up, or if I want to put a down payment on and buy a new car. Um, And so, again, that is, I'm creating that backup plan now, even though my car isn't broken down, even though I don't, I'm not planning on buying a new car soon, I'm creating that backup plan now So if anything comes up, I have that freedom and flexibility. And again, I I feel like there's so much, a lot of times when you talk about like, oh, creating a backup plan or like people are like, oh, I don't want to think badly. I don't want to like manifest an emergency or like whatever. It's like, I look at it as something so empowering because I, at the end of the day, it's not about money, right? It's deeper than money. It's about freedom, it's about freedom. It's about being able to have choices and being able to make those choices based on you and what you want and not based on what you have to do because of money. And so if you're feeling any resistance around like creating a backup plan, think of it as creating a freedom plan. Think of it as creating so much freedom in your life that you don't have to you know, this is a metaphor, but like leave your car somewhere for two weeks because you can't afford to pick it up. Um, also let me just give you a little, um, fast forward to, so you know that I don't have it all together, but I had to do that twice in college also where my car, um, I bought a new car in college 
Um, I bought a Pontiac Sunfire with two doors, no air conditioning, no radio, um, two windows didn't work, and the trunk only worked about 25% of the time. Um, but I bought that Pontiac Sunfire, and a couple times in college, apparently I didn't learn my lesson because I my car broke down and I had to leave it at the mechanics for a little bit and then wait until I could save up and then go get it. But anyway, um, I, I have learned my lesson since and I, and I'm passing this on to you. So today I want you to audit. What is your backup plan? How are you preparing for the future? What, you know, what's keeping you comfortable right now, but also what do you need right now to pursue things that you want to do? It's not just about a backup plan for your current life, but so often I'll hear people say, oh, well, I'd love to quit my job, but I could never do that because I don't have the savings or I don't have this. And so it's like, you don't have a back, you might have a backup plan, but you don't have the backup plan or the freedom plan to help you move from where you are right now to where you want to go. And that's more important, right? Those things matter just as much. So it's not just about auditing your backup plan of like your emergency fund, but it's so much more than that of like, what are the ways I can be proactive to where if whatever happens in my life, I have so much freedom and creating more freedom for yourself now. So again, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Deeper the Money podcast. If you're interested in um, Wealth Accelerator, our 12-week transformational group coaching program um, to change your financial future, go and apply. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, And yeah, we'll see you back next week for another episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast. (laughs) 